Blog Talk Radio. Great joy, my friend, and good afternoon. The Nepalese Meditation Bowl is chiming, and that means it's ringing in the art of the CEO, bringing you the most fascinating and the most helpful people in the business community from around this terrestrial orb. I am Bart Jackson, the Hieronymus Bosch of business, with today's focus on negotiating what you don't know and what, my friend, you desperately need to learn. Yes, today, within the twinkle of a tax auditor's eye, you are going to stop being tongue-tied and garner a whole new outlook and understanding of negotiation, and you're going to strap on a quiver of winning techniques, all to be achieved with the aid of the justifiably named master negotiator and expert in body language, Mr. Greg Williams, who is a renowned global speaker, coach of the Fortune 100, and author of 17 top negotiation texts. Greg, I'm so glad you could break free today, and I'd like to get right into it and get real. Negotiation is gladiatorial combat, right? I mean, it's mono versus mano, me squaring off against you in the arena of success where the toughest and cleverest and most willing to try any tactic are going to walk away wondering, oh, God, my muscles are pumping already. That's what it is, right, Greg? Well, Bart, it can be, and it doesn't Uh have to be. (laughs) And I say that to say, and first of all, thank you for having me on the show, too, because I love to disperse knowledge and insight about negotiations. But when I say it can be and it doesn't have to be, it depends on the individual with whom you're negotiating and to what degree you are negotiating for what outcome you seek. And thus, if you're in a combative situation based on the other individual, you may have to adopt that stance. If not, it may behoove you to actually be more amenable, such as to get more of what it is that you seek. So what you're saying is that success depends on the room and not just your prefixed biased attitude. All right. So there's a notch at the Feast of Wisdom in store for you. And whether you are a young and profoundly capable writer with a new vision for nobility making her career start at the major trade magazine like Jody or a chemical plant engineer whose innate humanity and innovative drive is uh, gaining the eyes of the whole industry like Tom, the art of the CEO is here to lavish upon you the experience of business masters like Greg. So in fulfilling my duties as proper host, before you is enticingly laid a few utensils for today's feast. So first, as our first utensil, as I always do, allow me to remind each of you hearing my voice that the good Lord has gifted you with the title and privileges of Chief Executive Officer of yourself. And... Now, that's the most important position you're ever going to hold in your career. So please ponder and ask, will this be the day that you smash through those silly, evil walls of professionalism and go out and scoop advice from every street corner voice until you grasp that one needed gem? Or will you allow authority and rank to put their thumb on the scale of your own judgment? The choice, my friend, is truly yours. There's a second utensil, you need to steep your lips in a little laughter, I think. Yes, we do. And so it's time for a scriptural recitation for the 101 Best Business Quips book. And so let's thumb through. through. Okay, here is number 48. For most corporations, a leader is someone who can get others to do uncomplainingly what the CEO has in mind. (laughs) And as an afterthought, Are you, Mr. Supervisor, scared of real leaders? I mean, once you have your heart set on scaling a wall, do you just call managers to make sure all the ladders are in place? 
Or are you brave enough to let a real leader explore his own way and perhaps find a backdoor route involving less cost and effort? A leader chained to your personal compliance can be, of course, no leader at all. Just a thought. And if you guffawed over that quip, by the way, we have them literally by the books full at bartsbooks.com, so where you may pick up your uh, business quips, uh, the 101 Best Business Quips book, and be the green-eyed envy of, the, of your chain gang at work. That's bartsbooks.com, B-A-R-T-S-B-O-O-K-S.com. And there's a third utensil, appropriately entitled uh, The Fencing Knife. It's coming at you right now is last week's business quotation. And later on, blurting its way at, at you will be another enriching quotation. And if you are one of the learned souls who knows the author of that quote, simply write that sage's name down as you believe him or her to be and email it to info at bartsbooks.com. And if you're correct, your knowledge will earn you a marvelous gift freshly disemboweled from the dungeons of Bart's Books Bookstore. So, the author of last week's quote, that is the individual who said, litigation is a machine in which you go in as a pig and come out as sausage, <laughs> was spoken by the mutton chop master of Business Insight, Mr. Ambrose Pierce. So, with all these utensils in hand, let's tuck into today's Feast of Wisdom with the master negotiator, Greg Williams. Greg, I have... You and I have known each other a long time, and I remember a story you told me once that way back in Atlantic City, you would go in and play a little blackjack, you learned to count cards, and then you said you got – so you didn't need to count cards, you could just read the table. Okay, you went to the blackjack table. What were you reading? What were you seeing? <laughs> Well, you know, Bart, it's like anything else in life. First of all, I want to comment on the mindset aspect that you spoke about and the leadership perspective. One okay. has to have the mindset that one can be a winner because without mm. having that mindset, one cannot even see winning opportunities. That's number one. Number two, the leadership leadership aspect that you just spoke about also, one has to have the mindset of being a leader within one's self such that one can project such an attitude to the outside world. When I would go to different casinos, one of the things I would look for is the makeup of the table. That's to say, where there's still chips on, in the dealer's tray versus a lot of chips being before the players. If there were more chips before the players, that meant the players were winning. Okay, it appeared to be so. Then I would actually observe maybe two or three hands to see if the table, the players, were really winning. If they were winning, I would jump into that type of game. Now, you did sure. mention the fact that I used to count cards, and I did so, but there were body language aspects that I would look for at the table also. That would be, huh. are people Such in as? a gay mood? Are, are they having fun? When yeah, people yeah, are yeah. winning, they express it in the form of the gaiety that they actually project outwardly. You hear them laugh, sure, sure. each other in the back, congratulating uh -huh. each other. Those are some of the aspects that I would look for at the uh, negotiation, or I should say the blackjack table, uh, which uh -huh. would then tell me, hey, jump <laughs> in there for dad, I'm sure. <laughs> My gosh, that's, that's very clever. Well, it, it seems to me uh, you've just sort of hinted that uh, nego negotiations is really a lot like painting, uh, it seems to me, that 80% of the work lies in the preparation, right? I mean, uh, let's let's take the guy who's uh, going into a, a formal negotiation to, to get the best price for a contract. It's a standard kind of thing. Mm -hmm. 
What should he be arming himself with? What is what attitude does she need to put in her quiver and so forth? Um, first of all, again, it goes right back to that winning attitude of how can I make sure that both parties come out with, now listen to this word, the perception that both got at least uh, more of what they want than what they did not get. And I say perception because you never truly know what somebody's looking for until you truly probe by doing your planning ahead of time. So when you plan, you want to find out what type of character you'll be negotiating with, the characteristics that person possesses. Why are they negotiating with you? Whom else are they negotiating with? Why at this particular point in time? What type of time pressures are upon them? Where might they go to get what they need from you if they can't get it from you and find it someplace else? The more information you have, the more you can negotiate from a stronger position. Okay. Well, that that does make sense. And I've heard that along that line, if you're going to be dealing with someone in a uh, long-term relationship, I, I've, I have heard you say that you really might want to get to know that person uh, on the other side of the table uh, beforehand. Uh Find them in a neutral setting and 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 sort of size them up. Uh, how how do I go about that? How, what should I be looking for? Well, in today's environment, it really is good uh, and easy, I should say, to do so because if you are going to be negotiating in a written environment, you can observe how the person writes on a normal tone uh, via the person's Facebook page, be it LinkedIn or so forth and so on. If you're going to be negotiating with them face-to-face, you might definitely seek out some environments whereby you can truly observe the person in a neutral environment. That's to say in an environment whereby that person feels safe, comfortable, and observe the body language. What does that person do when that person is trying to recall something per which direction they look with their eyes, up to the left, Uh. up to the right? Uh, etc. How do they position their feet when they're talking to someone that they're truly interested in via the subject uh-huh. matter that they're discussing? What is it that they do with their hands as they're communicating their either compliance, non-compliant, understanding, lack of cons- uh, understanding, etc., etc.? To what degree do they display that leadership perspective when they're talking to someone? The more environments you can glimpse that individual as per how that individual uses his body language in such environments, the greater the foundation then becomes from which you can decipher his moves when you're negotiating with that individual. Aha. Uh-huh. This is true. This is this is going to help me great on dating, although I think uh, that thing about use of hands is uh, – I've been told that I need a shackle. That's, that's a little different. But uh, – <laughs> yeah, really. Right? I, I guess we all all life is a negotiation, right? I guess. Um, yeah. Now, yeah. Greg, I've heard mm-hmm. you say uh, that. Uh, well, I don't know. My, my feeling is that I, I'm told so often that I have to lean in a la Sheryl uh, Sandberg. You know, I've got to demand and so forth. And, and that's not my personality. Does everyone's mm-hmm. per, does everyone's personality work in the negotiating arena? What what about personalities? Well, Bart, uh, it's interesting that you should say that because about leaning in in particular, because the reason why you need to gather insight about someone's demeanor and how they uh, project their image in different environments, especially those in which they feel they're not threatened or anything of that nature, so you can truly understand 
They don't necessarily lean in when they're trying to make a point. Those are little things that you're looking for. So when it comes right, to right. different personality types, I actually have identified as what I termed the negotiation nodes four different negotiation okay. personality types. There's the individual right. that's closed, uh, and in that particular aspect, this individual is very cautious about sharing information uh-huh. and insight because he feels as though something might be used against him. And we'll talk about negotiating with that type of personality. We talk about the open personality type. Initially, that person is very trusting, believe that people are honest and open. Hey, I'm going to show you everything that I have. I'm not going to hide anything. Now, right. those are two, that's the, the left and the right axle. The up, uh, upper axle is a hard type of negotiator that says, hey, look, um, the only way for me to win is for you to lose. And the right, southern right. part of that axis is the easy person. They're willing to go along to get along. So now when you talk about those different personality types, if by chance you're negotiating with someone that is hard and closed, that person has the perspective of I'll tell you my best offer and you can take it or leave it. Uh, you know, I, I don't really care that much. That person may be just positioning himself such that he does not want you to think you can take advantage of him. His body language, Mark, does he keep his arms closed? Does he frown when you make an offer that is truly advantageous to himself? Those are insights that you can get as to what the greatest personality type is trying to project such an image. Also, with somebody that keeps their arms closed and their hands close to themselves, you can do a little small trick that I tell people about all, all the time when I'm uh, in training sessions. Say something uh-huh. to the person along the lines of, oh, wow, that's a very nice watch you have on. Uh, may I see it? So the person unfolds his or her arms, they show you the watch, and then watch and see what they do with those arms afterwards. Do they fold them again? Do they let their uh-huh. arms drop? That uh-huh. can give you insight to what degree the person has been opened up at that particular point in time. Um, I could go into the other personality types in depth, but that's the thumbnail sketch, as it were. Yeah. And uh, you should always be very cautious as to, uh, aware, I should say, as to whom it is, the personality type that you're negotiating with. I think I think you're right. I think there are personality types, and I and I'm glad that you mentioned right now that that uh, that you can that your own personality type will work. That you don't mm-hmm. have to mantle on something. You don't have to mantle on an attitude. Am I right? Correct. Exactly. Exactly. Now, you don't, and you can and should in certain perspectives also. Again, right. it really does depend on to what degree it is that you're negotiating for and what it is that the other negotiator is attempting to do with you, which it goes right back to the planning process of gaining more insight about that negotiator's negotiation uh, past efforts, uh, exactly the, the information that I cited before, Bart, because the more insights you have about the person, the more you then know how to position yourself also. As an example, Bart, when I secure the services of a lawyer, especially one that's local in the state of New Jersey, I will oftentimes right. travel to that individual's office. Now, I'll take off my very expensive watch. I'll take off my college ring. I will not drive up <laughs> in my expensive car. I don't do any of that just to position myself such as to say without saying, hey, look, don't try to charge me $500 an hour when normally you charge me 250 simply because of yeah. how you see me adorned. So negotiation right. is a game, and it's a whole mindset that you have to have with you at all times. 
You know, it, it that really is true. I, I remember uh, one of my old uh, journalism uh, editors, my mentors, when I was first starting out, he said two things. He said, number one, never dress better than the people you are going to see uh, <laughs> the interview. And I think that says, and the other thing he says, you can get into any place in the world uh, any, if you show up in overalls with a pencil behind your ear and a clipboard. You are at the same time because you're showing them that you are a person who is uh, who is non-threatening because you're in the, in the uh-huh, overalls, uh-huh. but you're a man with a mission because you've got the clipboard and so forth. And he says, it is a, and I must admit, I tried that and I, I got into uh, many a situation in which uh, they <clears throat> would have just assumed not had me. Um, mm-hmm, which is mm-hmm, also mm-hmm. true in a lot of my personal life, but that's another story. So, um, <laughs> but I, before, uh, one thing I did want to get into, and that is that because uh, you mentioned this a couple of times, is it is uh, not that you want to get what out of your um, out of your negotiation, what you want. It's not a matter of triumph, uh, although the other party may feel that they have to triumph over you. Your mm-hmm. goal remains to get what you want out of it. And most mm-hmm. of the negotiators that I have seen, uh, my, my friend Graham Young negotiates constantly for a major chemical firm in, in England. They are, they come in with this sort of the hail fellow, the idea, and, and you yourself, the idea that we really want, that both of us are on the same side. Want, mm-hmm. That is, we want to get an agreement here. Our goal is an agreement, not triumph. Would that be right? Well, uh, again, I'm going to say yes and no. And the reason I'm going to say yes and no is because, remember, when I spoke about the four nodes, the closed negotiator, the open negotiator, the hard, the easy negotiator, that hard hard closed negotiator has the attitude, the only way for him to win is for you to lose. And thus, you have to address him from another perspective altogether. You have to get him to shift his paradigm such that you let him know you're not going to be an easy mark, number one. And yeah, to the degree right. that in some cases you show that you're as uh, difficult to get along with him as he is to get along with you, you then ah. bring him to, to heal, as it were. Contrast that with the open negotiator. You use a different style with that negotiator, and that would be one whereby you would necessarily say, hey, we're on the same team. We're on the same page. I want to make sure you win as I do too. And, Bart, here's something very important to note for all of your listeners. You need to let the other negotiator know why it is important for you to win whatever you're seeking, such as the person thinks you're not trying to take advantage of them. Here's why, okay, I made you a good offer. Here's what is in it for me. Therefore, the person doesn't then have ah. to wonder, oh, so what, what's this guy really trying to do? You know, you eliminate the question before it even becomes one that's presented at the negotiation table. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, I'm so glad uh, that Greg said that to us. I, I This is what I'm going to call a quill pen moment. I'd like you to take your pen and dip it in the inkwell because this is a timeless truth that you have to make your intentions clear and your goals clear and that will ease the path not only in negotiation but in all every bit of managerial direction so i thank you greg for for bringing that point up to us and oh you're more than welcome at this point uh 
You have pulled your chair up to the Art of the CEO radio show, streaming live from blogtalkradio.com. And every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, the Art of the CEO streams magically through the profoundly misunderstood realms of cyberspace, where you may listen and download it by visiting blogtalkradio.com slash the art of the CEO. That's blogtalkradio.com slash the art of the CEO. And uh, after all Greg's wise guidance, I think it's time for a brief survey in which we're going to introduce to you the company by whose good graces we are here today. And that firm is Prometheus Publishing, the creator of, among many other divisions, Bart's Books Ultimate Business Guides. And you may visit bartsbooks.com and explore, oh, really a wide wealth of practical wisdom from many business masters, such as Greg himself. And on this very day, Prometheus Publishing invites you to look at the book, So That's How They Do It. And this is one of my favorite uh, managerial projects, book projects, because it's because of the readership. It's, this book was designed for the business folks that we at Barth's Book term, the energized elite. And, and you know who you are. You're that individual who really is seeking a fulfilling and satisfying career, and you're going to push away from that swivel chair and seize whatever tool is necessary. You're going to invest in a book or a lecture, and you're going to apply it to your own job and business. And you'll find many more of uh, Greg's wise cracks, uh, Greg's wise words in that book, um, <laughs> and along with those of many others. And so direct your cyber feed to bartsbooks.com. And while you're there, why don't you click on that little blue mailbox and subscribe absolutely free to Bart's Books Business Quips and by the eternal enigma of email, you will receive a fresh dose of dose of laughter and, and that little bit of afterthought wisdom, all there to astound and appall you. And speaking of charm, wisdom, humor, and stentorian tones, for those of you just tuning in, we are chatting with Mr. Greg Williams, the master negotiator, body language expert, who is about to get very intimate with our bodies. So, Greg, take my body, please. Uh, let's try that again. Uh, what about sizing people up? I guess you, 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 when you walk into a room and you, you first shake the hand, you've given us a couple of ideas about standing. Mm-hmm. But when a man mm-hmm. shakes hands, with, you're shaking hands with a total stranger, um, what parts of his body do I want to scrutinize? Um, the, what are some of the initial mannerisms I should be looking for? Well, first of all, let me just be politically correct and say when a person shakes hands with another individual as opposed to just the man shaking hands because women have to be very much aware of their handshake in our society, in Uh in America, in, in the United States. And I say that to say the handshake can convey a lot of unspoken slash nonverbal experiences that person has had and expects to have with you. And one handshake. No kidding. No as kidding. an example. Yeah, as uh-huh. an example. Uh, when you shake someone's hand, both hands should be equal to one another. That's to say perpendicular to one another. Versus right, right. Uh-huh. Uh, one hand on top of the other. And uh-huh. if, one hand, if somebody tries to shake your hand and literally uh-huh. turn your hand such as your hand is on the bottom of their hand, what uh-huh. saying to you in a nonverbal manner is I'm superior to you. And right, Bart, right, right. 
I have had people try to do that to me, and That's I re- yes, and I refuse in some cases to allow my hands to be turned under. And what mm-hmm. that signal says is, I'm just as equal as you are. So let's not try this underhanded stuff, no pun intended. Uh, <laughs> on the other hand, on the other hand, again, and, no pun, yes, uh-huh. um, there are times when I will allow that person to turn my hand under his so as to imply that I will subjugate myself to him. I do so to determine, based on that one gesture, what else he might try to do, and I allow him to show me more of his effective based on his uh-huh. verbal and nonverbal actions at that particular point in time. And thus, the handshake itself can give you a lot of insight about someone. Now, here's something. Do not uh-huh. necessarily assume if someone gives you a weak handshake that uh-huh. that person is weak via the negotiation tactics and strategies that he'll, right, he or right. she will use. Again, That's I use true. a That's weak true. handshake as a ploy, too. I've used that as a ploy, just to let people think one thing, see what they'll do based on those thoughts, and then alter it as we're in the negotiation process. The iron fist and the velvet glove is what you're saying. There you go. There you go. Well, now I take you in both hands, and I am an attractive young woman, and I take both your hands. What am I signifying? Well, first of all, anytime anyone grasps both hands, and you have to determine the demeanor as you go along, and that's why pre-planning and understanding that person's demeanor is so important too. Because that can be a sign. It can be one of two sides. It can be a uh-huh. sign of extreme trust and commitment, uh-huh. or it can be a sign of dominance. Think to you, think to yourself for a moment. If someone has both of your hands in theirs, or I should say your their ah, your hand in theirs, you can't really maneuver your hand a whole lot at all, and thus they can control you. The combative, not necessarily combative, but the uh, the alternate turn to that would be for you to grab their elbow. And thus now you're ah. signaling through nonverbal uh, manners, mannerism that you're in control. The counter to that would be the hand on the shoulder. <laughs> I, I think it's, and, and you, you know, I, I think I think, and once we get to the shoulder, I think we probably should should stop. The, same, the, the yeah. throat is the next stop, and I think we'll pass on it. I do remember exactly. that Lyndon Baines Johnson used to go into oh. the cloakroom, and he would take one one. He'd take a hand, and oh. he'd put he'd, uh, one arm on your shoulder. Now that was called a half uh-huh. Johnson. And uh-huh. many Senate, if you were really good, you could escape from a half half Johnson. But mm. if he took one hand, uh, your one hand, and put both hands on both, uh, or put a hand on both shoulders. That was known as a full Johnson, and no mm-hmm. one was ever known to escape from a full Johnson. So. <laughs> exactly. That hand on the shoulder is extremely powerful. It displays uh-huh. extreme dominance. You'll see a boss do it to a subordinate, but you will not see a subordinate do it to a boss, as an example. And, and Bart, here's something else for your readers. Just take the yeah, some body language is intuitive. That's to say, there are times when I'm traveling, as I do, and I'll be in an airport, and I'll just observe how people are utilizing their body. And then there are times I'll walk up to them, introduce myself, tell them what I observed, just to verify that I'm noting accurately what it was that I deciphered based on their body language. And most of the times, I'm right. Uh, there are times when uh, I have not been right, but in some situations, I thought I was wrong, and I was right, so I guess I was right when I thought I was wrong. Anyway, huh. 
<laughs> well, that's well, you know. Okay, so I'm doing this. I'm I'm scoping out the other people. Meanwhile, of course, they're going to be reading me. So yeah. if I come in and and I'm feeling sort of the junior partner in this negotiation, I'm feeling that uh, I am the one who's uh, I'm. The, the small business seeking uh, a contract from a larger business or something like this. Uh, how they're going to be reading me? How do I present myself? As confident as though you owned that corporation. All and I right. said, when you walk into a room, Bart, you you walk mm-hmm. into that room like you own it. Now, don't over exaggerate such that someone then says, "Oh my gosh, look at the pretense this individual has." Oh, right. is the sun, <laughs> yeah. is the sun starting to come out? Have the clouds parted? Do I hear horns uh, trumpeting? You know that type of thing. <laughs> but you measure, you measure it. You do so, not. So that guy that I have room. behind me is playing hail uh-huh. to the chief. I should probably nix, huh? <laughs> hey, in certain situations that would be beneficial to have him be so. Maybe what I require, right? Yes. Speaking exactly, of that, exactly. of, of that, what should I? Uh, who? Uh, we we are in the president's order. Who's doing it right? Who? Uh, and it does. I don't necessarily mean a candidate. We who uh, presents them well themselves well that that we would that we're seeing uh, in the public eye now. Who? Uh, Someone that we might know who is presenting themselves well and powerfully, and and would you think is presenting himself in in something that might make a good negotiative uh, position? Oh my goodness! I'm I'm going to tell you of uh, the person what the person is doing. I will not name the person. I'm not going to get in trouble. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, there's someone that has positioned himself as a great negotiator. He's had. Uh-huh. Shows in which he's been in a controlling, uh, as a controlling uh, factor in that particular show that has run, that ran for quite a number of years, and as mm-hmm. all he does is get up and speak from the cuff, and people readily adopt. Well, some people readily adopt his perspective. He's negotiating right. from an optic perspective, also, and optics play uh-huh. a very large part. As I talked about the watch that I don't wear, if I'm going to a lawyer, right, right. He's he's one that's doing so. Why? Because he presents himself as a steadfast type of person, almost a candidate. Golly, as a steadfast type of person. <laughs> gee, that, gee, gosh, it's a, yeah, he, he almost trumps me there. Anyway, go ahead. Wow, oh, you are good. I, I, as, I, as I used to sit under the sign that said "slow children," so I, I, I can sort of pick up things. But uh, oh wow. So uh, anyway, <laughs> I, before before our, our silliness carries us too far away, uh, Greg, could you tell us if if I'm looking for a really top notch speaker or for for a keynote speaker for my firm, or I, I want to get some negotiated coaching or or take a hold of, of some of your marvelous tools and seminars, how how can I do that? How do I get a hold of you? Well, people can reach me via the website first of all, which is www themasternegotiator.com that's T-H-E-M-A-S-T-E-R-N-E-G-O-T-I-A-T-O-R.com they can send me an email to greg which is G-R-E-G at themasternegotiator.com and they can also reach me via phone at 609-369-2100 and Bart on the website I have tons of free stuff that people can partake of and literally increase their negotiation skills and be able to read body language instantly. Oh, 
this is this is wonderful. I love free stuff, and Very so do most of us out there. <laughs> Greg, this has been wonderful. I thank you so much for coming on the show, and we're going to have to have you have you back on and uh, just just uh, help you help you help all of us so much more as we negotiate our way through our lives. Looking thank you. Mm -hmm. Uh, And as we round out today's show, I am Bart Jackson, your curator of business wisdom, leaving you with today's business quotation. So who said a successful man is one who can lay a firm foundation with the bricks that others have thrown at him? And as a hint, this man contrapuntally battered back and forth with Mr. Huntley on the evening news that your folks enjoyed. And remember, if you know the author of this quote, just write down that author's name as you believe him or her to be and send that to info at bartsbooks.com. That's I-N-F-O at B-A-R-T-S-B-O-O-K-S dot com to win an absolutely astounding, life-changing gift from the dungeons of Bart's Books Bookstore. And finally, as a parting shot, in the words of my wife's husband, nations are warring and candidates rage. Economy pundits say we're trapped in a cage. Time for the timid to tremble and leave success to the brave. Merry dawning of spring to you all, and to you, gleefully sharing our feast. I hope you've enjoyed the Art of the CEO show as much as uh, Greg and I have enjoyed bringing it to you, uh, and you, where you may download, and remember, you may download all of our shows at blogtalkradio.com slash theartoftheceo. Do tune in next week to blogtalkradio.com dot com slash the art of the CEO because the four decade sage of the investment field, Mr. Dan Goldman, is going to make you just a plain wiser person about where and how you set your money to work for you. Yes, you do deserve this. So to all of you who have honored us with your time, may I say, as always, it has been a privilege. I thank you. <laughs>